Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, you know what? We are getting ready to have a blast here, Benny, with Nicholas, Nicholas Pearson joining us here today. He's just written a fabulous book, and I'm excited to talk with him for a lot of reasons. But before I do that, he and I actually, Benny, now almost have the same hairdo. Hello, Mr. Benny. <laughs> That'd be good. Now you know what it feels like to be twin. We're like twinnies. We're twins. Right? Because you're twinning. You know? I know. We're twinning. Yeah, I actually probably have as much facial hair as he does at whoa, this point. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go there. Oh, my God. That <laughs> is a way to start off the show on a Monday. Hey, did you have a good weekend? Did you eat a lot of chocolate? What happened with the boys? Yeah, did you no, do we too did, much? Yeah, we did everything just normal. Kind of kept it on the soup. Not down, down, though, but we did a small, you know, Easter egg hunt kind of inside just because Easter Bunny wasn't mm-hmm. able to go outside. He was inside this year. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just kind of took it easy. Yeah, the Easter Bunny was like, dude, I am like, turn on the fireplace. We are going to stay inside. Doesn't matter. I know how to hide those Easter eggs for the kiddos. So let me just do that. But you know what? I'm just going to sit here and drink some organic coffee. And then all you all, like, uh, you just do that inside deal for me because it's colder in here. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes, well, April's still here, and it was hail and snow yesterday, I think, for some parts of the yes. state, so uh, we're not out of it yet, almost. We're not out of it yet, and Linda, you are back to Jersey, and you are shoveling five inches of snow right now, uh, and you're ready to get some more, but today's show, you know what today's show's about, Benny, for real, with, with Nicholas? Here's the deal. Before I got sick in 04, shortly thereafter, this fabulous radio opportunity showed up. I had no idea about Reiki, about healing, about the various modes of, and layers of soul work that needed to be done, about the history of this incredible healing modality and what it has come to mean. And I was very fortunate enough to have people now that we were interviewing, right? On the Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life show, that it was. Many people, and I learned about this. I learned about Japanese Reiki. I learned about healing modalities other than what I was accustomed to. And I am alive today, thanks to Dr. Darvish and Dr. Ronnie and the many people, especially in our Seattle community, that came forward to help me with things that I had no clue about, but I was willing and open to get well. Today, Nicholas, of course, is on a life journey. And whether you know him as this incredible author 
or his work with archetypes and archetypal stones or crystals or karmic, karmic healing, whether or not you know all of that about him, today what we're talking about are the foundations of Reiki. What is it about Reiki that we don't know about that Nicholas is bringing to the forefront to tell us about? And why is it that when Dr. Oz said several years ago that energy medicine was the next frontier and all of us said, no, 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 it is the now frontier. That's what Nicholas Pearson is all about. Nicholas, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. You know, part of my mission is to make sure that if people can avoid going through the healing journey that I went on. I was looking at a wheelchair in 2008, and I don't mean looking at a wheelchair to, you know, turn it into some race car, but I was looking at it as my way of life. And people came to the forefront to help me, and I didn't know what they were doing. And that's why I'm so excited to talk with you today, because this has become your life's mission, hasn't it? Absolutely. Reiki is one of the things that turned my life around. Although I'm probably most publicly known for my work with stones, Reiki is so near and dear to my personal practice that, you know, I'm really grateful to share this with the world now. Well, you know, let me ask you about this because, yes, of course you are known for your stones, but, you know, and working with stones and working, working with the energy. Let me just say it differently. Working with the energy of it. What I discovered is what happens when you bring some of these modalities together? Like what about working with Reiki? What about working with stones? What about energy, period? Um, what is it about this latest book that you've written that really brings us to the power and the potentiality of Reiki? You know, Reiki is one of these things that if we if we dig deep enough and kind of remove these layers of mythology that have built up around it, and we go back to the original teachings, we find some really deep stuff. Even, even the word Reiki is maybe not translated the way most people expect it to. We often see it kind of defined as universal life energy. Um, to be frank, that's just kind of the key part of Reiki. Um, the first syllable, the, the Rei, comes from Japanese, and it means something uh, very arcane, something that's difficult mm-hmm. to convey in, in words, let alone mm-hmm. another language. So with all these layers, it might mean something spiritual or something mysterious or miraculous. Um, it can literally mean uh, ghost or soul. It can refer to something ancestral or effective. So if we kind of take all of these layers and put them together, you know, Reiki is this, this life force energy, this key that is spiritually guided. It is the very energy that our soul is made up of. And therefore, it is something that is woven into all of existence. You know, Reiki is not something outside of yourself. We often think that we have to be attuned to this sort of alien force so we can become conduits for it, but it's, it's already in you. And the goal of Reiki Ryoho, the practice of using Reiki energy, is to cultivate that, to cultivate that spiritually guided, that soul level life force so we can make positive change in our life. Mm. You know, let's talk about positive change. And, you know, I, I talk about my own healing journey now a little bit differently, uh, Nicholas. And the reason I do is because, you know, I had a mentor once who said to me, Pat, you are never going to be able to take anyone to a place you haven't gone yourself. 
So I thought about that. And at the time, I thought, you got to be kidding. With my background, you know, really, my mom committed suicide when I was sick. Um, I, I was homeless at 17, arrested for something I didn't do at 19, and then lost every job I've ever had. All of that stuff, you know, my sister died on a hospital floor and I can go on. And I looked at my mentor at the time and I said, you're nuts, man. You know, what else do I need to do? And then I got sick in 04, mystery disease. And she was right. See, you know, you can't talk to an audience of tens of thousands of people about what it means to not be well emotionally, spiritually, and physically, if you've never experienced it. And so that's what I love about this and talking with you, because we can share some things with people right now that are going to help them expand, grow, be well beyond belief. What would you say is one of the most important things that people should know about Reiki? I mean, first and foremost, it is simple, it is easy to learn, and it is a tool that you have for life once you learn it. So it's not something you get from leaning, from uh, reading a book or you know, from just uh, attending a lecture. It's a hands-on practice. You get hands-on training in person from someone who can sort of guide you through this process and uh, open you up to being a better vessel for this energy. So you know, don't be intimidated by all these things we hear about Reiki, just go out and give it a try. Mm. When we come back, we're going to be talking with all of you from the very beginning. How did this begin? What happens when East meets West? And what is one of the most influential people, influential people in bringing Reiki to the world? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. spirituality into your everyday lives on Universe Soul Heart Radio. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Kathleen Johnson explores the concept of sensible spirituality, keeping you grounded, connected, and centered on the path to wholeness. Kathleen has dedicated her life to facilitating holistic healing and wholeness in others. Listen to Universe Soul Heart Radio and learn how to flourish, grow, and impact all we do on planet Earth. For more information, go to universesoulheart.net. Tune in to the hit show, Raging Skillet Radio, mouthing off with Chef Rossi. Chef Rossi mouths off about different subjects in pursuit of breaking down walls and opening up your minds. She and Dr. Pat banter back and forth, taking from the headlines of the day on subjects that reach beyond what goes on in the world into your hearts. And go to theragingskillet.com to find out more and let Chef Rossi know what's on your mind. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Are you traveling most of your day? 
Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. Are you stuck in unhealthy habits, toxic relationships, or low self-esteem? Do you crave a life of inspiration, love, self-acceptance, and fun? Sounds like you're on the verge, on the verge to your next big thing. Join Laura Richer, host of On The Verge Radio, helping you use your breakdown for a breakthrough, overcome life's greatest challenges, and live the life you want and deserve. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio or visit seattlehealinghypnosis.com for more information. The Janice Underwood Show, helping you create the life you want, not the life you tolerate. Tune in each Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as Janice delves into the life creator system and the next step in your spiritual evolution. Janice Underwood is gifted at helping spiritually minded people shift their mindsets to unleash the creator within. Our souls wish to wake us up. Those of us listening, hear the call. Do you? For more information, visit JaniceUnderwood.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Nicholas Pearson is joining us here today, and he has written a fabulous book. We're going to talk about the history and what happened when East met West in 1935. But before we do that, you know, I want the folks to know, Nicholas, how they can find out more about you and also how they can get a copy of your book. And then if you're going to be touring at all, where do people find out about that? Absolutely. So, I mean, easiest place to find out my whole schedule is either check out my publisher's website, it's innertraditions.com, or you can visit amazon.com as well. And my my author page on either of those websites will tell you where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing there, and for how long I'll be there. So, um, yeah, I do a lot of events here in the central Florida area where I live, but uh, I've got some travel coming up uh, in... Uh, third week of this month, I'll be in Vermont for an expo in Burlington, and I'll be hitting uh, New England a couple times this summer as well. Awesome. Now, I said East meets West, and there's one person in particular that I know there are many, but you know, I was really struck by when I looked at the timetable that you put together in the book. And I put together, I looked at 1922, 26, 35, onward, onward, onward. I, I want to ask you to give us a, a snapshot of where did Reiki come from and who have been the people most influential in bringing it to, uh, to us here in the States? For starters, we have to kind of look at the time frame that we're talking about in mm-hmm. early 20th century Japan. Um, you know, Japan had recently opened its borders a century prior after being a very closed insular nation. The Meiji emperor had been recently instated as the sort of centralized political and spiritual power of Japan, too. And that made things very uncertain at the time. They had to go through the Industrial Revolution a little bit later and a little bit faster than everywhere else. They were bringing in all this idea of like Western thought and Western philosophy. And so sort of the native traditions of Japan got left by the wayside. 
And as a result, new spiritual movements, new sects, new religions, new meditation practices were popping up left, right, and center at this time. And so it was sort of like fertile ground for something like Reiki to be born. And so in 1922, the founder of Reiki, his name is Usui Mikau. Um, Usui had tried many things in his life, uh, worked as a public servant, worked as a journalist, worked in a prison. He'd, he'd done a little bit of everything. He'd mm. studied many religions and philosophies. But the thing that was missing from everything he tried was lasting happiness. It's the sort of deep inner peace that allows you to fulfill your life's purpose. In other words, enlightenment, or as close as we get to it as a, a layperson. So he tried a, a meditation retreat for a couple of years at least in the Kyoto area. And mm. when that didn't work either, you know, it's the old adage, if, if, if you have to ask, you'll never know. And he's like, well, am I enlightened yet? Of course he isn't. So <laughs> his, his teacher says to him, well, you know, sometimes you just have to die once. Mm. And so Usui actually climbed this mountain outside of Kyoto. It's called Mount Kurama. And he sat there and fasted. He had some sort of ascetic practice. We don't know exactly what that might have looked like, although there's a lot of speculation. And um, the story goes that after approximately 21 days, he felt this great transmission of energy and lost consciousness. And when he regained consciousness, there was the Reiki ability. Wow. Wow. What do you make of that, Nicholas? If we could just talk for a minute. And the reason I want to pause and, and talk about this is twofold. One, you probably don't know this, but the listeners and Benny have heard this a million times. I'm here today because I dialed the wrong phone number in 03 and I didn't hang up. And within 10 minutes, I bought, pulled out a credit card and I bought my first hour of radio on an internet only station. What do you make of that story? What do you make? about the universe stepping in and pointing us in a direction. You know, was it to prepare for where we are now with our state of the affairs for healing? What do you make of that? What do you think that was about? You know, I think Usui has left us this enormous gift, this legacy of his. Um, there's a, a little publication in Japan um, that the society he originally founded still uses for incoming students. And there's a little question and answer section where it was, so he's actually answering the questions of his audience. And uh, he, he states outright that usually when someone has this sort of revelatory experience, especially in Eastern cultures in Japan where he's from, they sort of keep that for themselves. And he says, but you know, this original technique, this original inspiration that I had, it belongs to the world. Mm -hmm. And so he really wanted this to spread far and wide. Although training was expensive in his day, he died yeah. relatively penniless. He didn't mm. do this for the money. Um, he actually died on a visit to his creditors. So, um, you know, we, we know it was not motivated by greed or very human things. This was a very spiritual, altruistic man. Mm -hmm. And he wanted Reiki Ryoho, the, the gift of healing with Reiki, to go out into the world. And here we are, more than a, a million and a half practitioners in the world today, and we can all trace our lineage back to him. Mm. How many? How many practitioners? Um, it's estimated that there are more than 1.5 million practitioners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't you find that the growth spurt, if I might call it, the growth spurt that we're seeing with, with, with Reiki is really unprecedented right now? Uh, maybe it's because of where I live, but we have a host on our show, on our network, does a fabulous show. 
and she's in the Midwest. Um, is it, quote, catching on? How are we, the people, discovering the power and potentiality of Reiki? You know, I think a big part of it is, you know, the idea of grassroots marketing. It's word of mouth. Mm -hmm. We hear about someone in our circle or maybe just outside of our circle who had this experience with Reiki and it, it spreads like wildfire. We we live in the information age. It's very easy to share information. Whereas maybe in the 1920s and 30s when Reiki was still in its relative infancy, um, it was a very exclusive thing. Uh, it, it took literally an act of God and massive earthquake for Reiki to begin proliferating in Japan mm -hmm. because Usui was out there in the streets caring for the injured, the homeless, the grieving after, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were displaced after the Great Kanto earthquake. So, um, you know, we no longer require those acts of God to get the information out there. And that's that's a big part of the equation. I think finally we're kind of at that turning point where consciousness is ready for this. We're ready to move in this direction. Um, you know, scientific and medical communities are actively pursuing research mm -hmm. on Reiki. They are funding uh, single-blind, if not double-blind studies yeah. on it. They're publishing information in peer-reviewed journals. So if if conventional medicine sees it, then you know, surely the rest of us have been ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's really exciting. And, you know, I, I wasn't joking when I said the minute Dr. Oz made that announcement a, bunch, a number of years ago, you know, what it did is it opened up the door for more and more people to ask, what did he just say? You know, but for many of you that have been out there, you have a deep understanding. Take us through, um, in the book, you talk about how Reiki heals and I, I've read a lot of books in my years doing this. You've done such a beautiful job at writing this in a way that people can understand it. Please take us on this journey of how Reiki heals. And I love everything is energy, by the way. I'm still learning about this, Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, so th that's a great starting point. Everything is energy. Uh, you know, what we perceive as being solid matter is mostly empty space. And the, the stuff in between all that empty space um, can be broken down. If we look at the sort of molecular and the atomic and subatomic level, the, the farther down we go, the, the things that make us up, and I say things because it's even hard to describe it as matter. They can exist in a solid material state as matter, or they can exist as the pure potential of energy as waves. And these tiny units oscillate back and forth between them. So light is a great example. We know that photons, these little packets of light energy, can be either particles. Light actually has mass, believe it or not. Um, or it can be a wave and be nothing but pure energy. Um, some years ago, back, um, one of the big universities uh, actually photographed a photon as both particle and wave at the same time. So I guess if we're looking for it, we can even be somewhere in that gray area. But when we start to recognize that energy is the makeup of everything. It is the bottom line. And when we start to explore the idea of energy medicine, it stops being woo-woo and it starts becoming science. Mm -hmm. So Reiki as a sort of universal, spiritually guided, soul-level energy healing works to support the homeostatic mechanisms in our body. Um, homeostasis is the process by which our body, as well as our mind and spirit, maintains balance. Um, so this can be, you know, 
the immune system. It can be the process of fixing a broken bone. We see it in the mechanism of you know, fever and allergy and inflammation. These are all responses from the body to produce balance. When we detox by sweating, by um, using the restroom, by vomiting, these are other ways that we're trying to achieve homeostasis as well by getting rid of the things that don't serve us so that way we can come into balance. Mm. What Reiki does is it begins to saturate the area where we place our hand. There's a sort of myth that Reiki immediately goes where it needs to with no conscious direction. And the beautiful thing about being a Reiki practitioner is it indeed requires no conscious direction or effort on our part. We just kind of get out of the way and let Reiki do the rest. But it doesn't instinctively travel from point A to point B. It it works slowly. It's like putting a, a drop of ink in a glass of water. We see it start to spread out. Mm. Um, once it saturates that area, it can then move on and it will follow the sort of patterns of disharmony until it does reach that root level, that soul level, that um, sort of intrinsic causal rather than mm-hmm. just the symptomatic level. And Reiki ameliorates things at, at that causal basis. It doesn't just put a Band-Aid on something. It goes to what's causing the problem so we can release everything else. Mm. You know, one of the things that I know we're going to talk about today is the power in experience, meaning what can Reiki treat? You know, what is that healing reaction? And we're going to talk about what that means. Um, I know for me, my experience has been through what I've actually seen. I am my own little study when it comes to some of this, right? Um, you know, I, I I have had both knees operated for meniscus tears. And I remember I, I got the first knee done and my friend came over and uh, I was uh, laying on the couch and I got probably what seemed to me as minutes of Reiki, but she was there for close to an hour working on, I don't even know. Within a day, I was up and dancing. A few weeks later, I had to get the other knee done. It was about a month later. And my friend was out of town and I didn't have the Reiki done. I didn't put it together until Linda made a comment to me like, okay, so you're still not out walking with that well. And she said, you should have got the Reiki done. When we come back, we're going to talk about why that is, how you can get a copy of the book, and opening the door for questions today. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. If you have questions, you have comments for the show, you want to find out a little bit more about what we're talking about and what's going on, please give us a call. When we come back, you know, let's talk about what the takeaways are. What are the takeaways? And why is it Reiki stands alone when we're talking about healing modalities? We'll be right back with Nicholas Pearson. Ignite your inner magic on Grow Your Soul Radio with Jane Matanga. 
Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Jane Matanga explores how to overcome your fears to help you gain the inspiration you need to awaken your path to joy. Learn the way to life mastery and the enlightened path with Grow Your Soul Radio. For more information on Jane Matanga and her work, visit enlightened-path.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit EmpoweringEnergy.com. That's Empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Let It Go Radio. The future awaits you. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Barbara Scheidegger explores the way to clarity, peace, and how to live a successful life on your terms by turning negative experiences into positive ones. Barbara's curiosity about the human experience drives her both personally and professionally. As a life coach, author, and renowned clinical hypnotherapist, Barbara knows how to move forward in a natural, organic way without side effects. If you want to grow, be sure to tune in to Let It Go Radio. To learn more, visit LetItGoHypnosis.com. Are you, are you searching? Are you searching? Looking for a sign? A message you need to hear from the great unknown, from the most mysterious place that is the most familiar to your soul in the depths of who you are. The universe puts someone here to talk to, someone God gave a blessing to that you may find insight with. TheAngelLady.net. 1-800-323-1790. 1-800-323-1790. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, you know what? I, I mean, I, Nicholas, I could be like here all day just to tell you what he's put in this book. And we're going to talk about very specifically some of the approaches and techniques here, you know, the the benefits of Reiki, but also very specifically this the type of Reiki that Nicholas is referring to in the book. Um, but before we jump into that, Nicholas, I really would love to know how people can find out more about you and also anything you want to say about your crystal work too. Yeah, for sure. So my first three books are dedicated to my first true love, the mineral Mm -hmm. kingdom. 
So um, you can find my books anywhere books are sold. Visit your local metaphysical bookstore. You can find them online at Amazon.com. You can visit Barnes & Noble or Books A Million or any of those great retailers and, and actually get your hands on copies of my work. Um, I really have this great love of both science and spirituality. So when I work with stones, I love to kind of meld together these two practices in what I call ethnogeology, where I look at the intersection between the human kingdom and the mineral kingdom. Um, gratefully, both Reiki and crystals are so malleable, so adaptable that I do get to use them together in my practice. So if you visit a workshop of mine um, at any point, you might hear a little bit about both of these great things. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, listen, uh, there's so much in the book. And I want to make sure that people understand how what you're writing about in this book is different than perhaps some of the other books they may have picked up on Reiki. And it is different because I've read a bunch of them. Um, and I want to start with the conversation about the physical benefits, because folks may be thinking, well, wait a minute, what is she talking about? How did that help her dance? And yeah. And so in order for folks to really understand Reiki as a healing art, um, there is so much that you talk about in here, um, especially in reference to the, the Japanese form of hand healing. So tell us, tell us about what it is that Reiki can treat and more about the specific kinds of Reiki you're talking about in the book. For sure. So, yeah. you know, you know, for starters, all systems of Reiki start in the same place. They all kind of tap into that same frequency of energy that we call Reiki. That's why they have that as part of their title. Um, so things that we can treat with that on a physical level, it's, it'd probably be shorter to list the things it can't treat. I mean, in, mm. in my own experience, I've worked on broken bones, uh, you know, every kind of illness you can imagine. I've seen cuts and burns and bruises and scrapes disappear in a matter of seconds or minutes. Um, you know, better sleep, stronger immune system. I use it on my allergies every season. We can use it for acute conditions, chronic conditions, and everything in between. One of the things that Reiki does is it's all about achieving balance. And, um, you know, our, our bodies are so amazing in that they're kind of like a complex liquid crystal system. They're, they're a series of oscillators. So whenever we introduce Reiki into our energy field, it can sort of transmit it through the whole system. It's got to start in one place and gradually expand. But the beautiful thing is that we can conduct Reiki through all of us. Um, and that's how we can kind of treat almost anything, whether we're laying hands on the surface or even treating from the other side of the world. Um, when it comes to the style of Reiki that I talk about in the book, I mean, ultimately, I'd love for this to be a tool for um, all schools of Reiki practice. My own experience kind of spans both more westernized perspectives as well as eastern ones. Um, one of the, the schools to which I belong is called the Jikiden Reiki Institute, which is based in Kyoto in Japan. And this is a practice that hasn't been altered in you know almost like 80, 85 years now. So it kind of maintains that historical perspective, the um, practical integrity of the system. So it hasn't been you know, sort of bent or distorted by cultural lenses. Um, not that those other more westernized practices are any less powerful. It's just, it's really nice to have a measuring stick because we can actually put these two things side by side and witness those changes. So although it's not the only style of, of Reiki that I have practiced and learned, it's one that has contributed a lot to my 
sort of uh, framework for writing this book because it allows us to look at those early days of Reiki. Um, another great thing about looking at the original Japanese perspective is we can maybe dig a little bit deeper into what the treatment protocols entail, into what the mechanisms behind Reiki's healing will entail, as well as the spiritual stuff. What is the spiritual perspective that the founder and other teachers in the system had when they sort of uh, began to disseminate Reiki? We as Westerners, most of us don't have the luxury of being fluent in Japanese, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a far cry from fluent, but I do read and write Japanese, which enabled uh -huh. me to do a lot of etymological research that most other books don't have. And mm. it's great to be able to go back to those original terms and titles and words and ideas in Japanese and not just translate it literally, but give us the explanation of how it, it has adapted from culture to culture. Mm. Well, you know, this is really for us now, it's no longer a matter of, wow, this might be a nicey, nicey, nicey thing to do, right? We are now living in a time and a place where the rise in autoimmune, let's just say, or chronic illness, let's put it like that. The rise in chronic illness in this country is really unprecedented. Um, and that folks are really seeking out more ways to heal than what we traditionally know or have been used to. And so this is now for a lot of people understanding how things might work. What The way that you wrote the book, though, and I want to talk about this for folks, is, you know, you've created ways in the books for people to uh, self-treat. Self and I think that is super exciting. And I, I think it's important for us to talk about folks don't necessarily know that they could use Reiki to treat themselves. Can you talk about that? And, you know, what is required for folks to be able to do that? The foundation of all Reiki practice, the first thing that we learn in Shoden, which is the Japanese name for the first degree of Reiki, is self-treatment. Um, the only thing that's required is that you enroll in a class with a qualified teacher. You receive what we call reiju in Japanese, which roughly translates to a gift from soul to soul. Um, this is the uh, analog to the modern day attunement or initiation rituals that mm. we use in, in other branches of Reiki. And what this does is it works almost like a, a chimney sweep clearing out the chimney so smoke will flow through better. Um, it it kind of cleans out the pipes of our energetic system so that Reiki flows through us better. There's already Reiki in you. Without any uh, training or practice or an initiation or Reiju, you could certainly apply most of these exercises to your life. Um, the efficacy of them would not be the same as actually taking that Reiki training, but you can certainly give it a try. Um, but the beautiful thing about Reiki is once you have that initial experience, which is why we call it an initiation um, of Reiki flowing within you, you're good to go. So the tools that are in there, if, if we ever expect to help another person, we have to have been through that ourselves. And that's something you and I were talking about off air. Um, you know, how can we expect to be an effective practitioner, an effective healer for someone else if we're not using it in our own lives? So Reiki is part of my daily practice. First thing when mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning, last thing when I'm lying in bed waiting to go to sleep. Um, if I'm, you know, stuck in traffic, there's a hand on my thigh or my abdomen or my heart giving myself Reiki. If I'm in a waiting room, if I'm just sitting down uh, reading, 
or heaven forbid, watching television, I can be treating myself with Reiki. And <laughs> that self-treatment not only allows me to empathize with the person who's coming to me and going to be on my treatment table, but it also helps clear the path because one of Reiki's mechanisms in achieving that balance is through detoxification. Oh. And by treating myself, I am clearing that vessel so I can be a better practitioner, a better conduit for whoever is coming to see me. Yeah. The other thing, too, is the question that comes up, and this is a question that just came in. Um, the question that comes up a lot for people is, um, listen, if I participate in, and let's say that I do uh, a Reiki treatment, and this question just came in from one of our listeners, um, can I do it if I'm getting other medical treatment? Let's hold that thought for when we come back. So the question is from Rita. Thank you, Rita. Is um, I love this. And I've been told sometimes that, no, don't do anything except go get my regular medical treatment. And of course, I don't. This is what she's saying. Of course, I don't listen to that. And I want to know, how can I better explain to my doctors about Reiki and energy. Oh, that's a good one. We're going to answer that one when we come back. Well, actually, Nicholas is going to answer that one. Stay tuned, everybody. Nicholas Pearson in the house. We'll be right back. Stop thinking and start acting. And I'll tell you what repeated thinking does. It doesn't help you in creating your dream life. It actually creates a lot of unconscious stress. So remember how it feels when you think of something, but you don't do it. I want to call the doctor, I don't. I want to read a book, I don't. I want to go see a friend, I don't. I want to go on a diet, I don't. So there's many things where you think of something and you don't do it. And what happens is that when you don't do it, it creates stress. Also undermines your own strength and confidence in yourself. So it's really important to get going. You have a thought, act it out, and you're done. Winning at the Game of Money. Lynn Brown is now offering Full Spectrum Finance, a progressive 12-month program that will help you to navigate through the mechanics of financial expansion. Finally, a financial planner who looks at the full spectrum of money and abundance, engage you in the mental, physical, and energetic aspects of finance. This is Full Spectrum Finance. Are you ready to get into it? For more information, go to fullspectrumfinance.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. The earth is an ever-changing being. Goddess Light, shamanic healer, Brie Gibbs, guides us through the ascending worlds, bringing forth knowledge and truth. 
As a light creator, she is here to provide new information needed at this time in our evolution. Join Bree as she shares messages from guides, spirits, ascended masters, goddesses, and others. Tune in Thursdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, for Silver Gaia Radio. Choose the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie Show. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. The Cornelia Stephanie Show is your catalyst for anchoring heaven on earth on a global scale. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Um, Again, Nicholas, there's so much in this book. And I know we've got a question that just came in from one of our listeners from Rita. But again, how can people find out more about the book, but also about you? And there's so much here, whether you're a Reiki practitioner or someone that wants to learn about it for yourself. How can they find out, get a copy of the book, find out about you? Yeah, well, my book is available wherever books are sold. So you can visit my publisher, innertraditions.com, go to amazon.com. Your local spiritual and independent bookstores are a great resource, as well as the big box retailers like Barnes & Noble and Amazon and Books A Million. Um, For more about me, you can visit my publisher's website, which is innertraditions.com. I also have a website. It's www.voluminouspearl.com. But um, if we can move on to that question we got right before break. Let's do it. Yeah. So, you know, spirituality and medicine can be challenging subjects. When we talk mm-hmm. about integrative medicine being the wave of the future, it's not about replacing medical care as we normally know it with with these maybe more cutting edge or spiritual or out of the norm treatments, but letting yeah. them work together side by side. Um if nothing else, we can always build Reiki as a stress reduction technique. There are plenty of studies that have proven this to be true, um, even if some of the other effects of Reiki are not as well documented. So when we're receiving any kind of care or treatment for um, anything that is serious, we always want to check in with our um, medical practitioners of our choice. Mm-hmm. And if they're having that conversation about Reiki with us, we can sell it to them as a stress reduction technique because it really does do that. And it does it so very well. Another thing to bear in mind is that there are actually medical Reiki programs out there. Uh, Raven Keys, who is a brilliant author uh, about Reiki and angels, she has um, a, a medical Reiki master certification program where these um, Reiki masters are actually being certified to go into the operating room to support the the surgical team. So there are hospitals that sanction this. There are other medical facilities that sanction this. Um, there are lots of great ways that we can kind of talk about that dialogue between uh, Western medicine and Reiki. But the great thing is that, in short, Reiki uh, causes no harm. It has no contraindications. There's no such thing as too much or too little Reiki either. And it does nothing to take away from any of our other treatments. It's not like um, using essential oils or herbal remedies. There's no sort of chemical reaction that we get from mixing our standard care with Reiki. So it's only going to enhance and support what we're doing through other means. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. And I love that. And I, and I really do love the answer to that because really when you understand, you know, the essence of working, the Reiki, the power of it, we understand that, you know, it opens up an energy field, at least my experience is, you know, it opens up an energy field to, you know, let elements of energy work and work better. And, you know, for many people, you know, we're looking at how can I improve my life, period? You know, how can I take the harmonious qualities of Reiki and bring things into this, you know, this beautiful way of flow? And I would love for you to talk about that a little bit um, and uh, to touch upon um, something you talk about in the book, which is Reiki, working with Reiki and crystals together. Yeah. So, you know, the first part of that, I think, really boils down to like shifting our perspective of what Reiki is really about. Here in Western culture, because we're very results oriented, our Reiki is very results oriented to the point that I think we kind of miss the beauty of the process and the purpose of what we're doing. Um, Reiki in Japan began not as a hands on healing system. Uh, Usu is not seeking hands on healing, he was not looking for a way to change people's physiology. He was simply seeking inner peace. And so when he named his system, he called it Shinshin Kaizen Usui Reiki Ryoho, which in Japanese means the Usui Reiki healing method for the improvement of our heart, mind, and body. So the emphasis there is on our sort of psychological, spiritual makeup with Shinshin Kaizen, heart, mind improvement. Um, So if we kind of put that as our focus again, then we really get this wellness that starts on all levels. He taught us that, um, you know, there is no real difference between uh, Reiki and physical therapy, spiritual therapy and, you know, regular medicine, because to touch one part of us is to touch all other parts of us. If I lay my hands on my client's physical body, I'm touching their soul at the same time. And if we go to that level first, then we begin to see our whole life change. Mm. Um, I want to ask you about the future of Reiki and talk with you a little bit about here we are and we know that something must change. Something must change in the world of medicine here, at least in this country. Um, So much so that people are traveling to other countries to be healed. And I want to ask you your vision. You know, certainly you're you're part of this. You're living and you're breathing it. But what are you most excited about when you think about this? When I talk to other colleagues that are in this field or in other fields that relate to, you know, wellness and medicine, even from a conventional route, the the phrase that everyone talks about is integrative medicine, integrative yeah. care. This is being able to use things like Reiki alongside, you know, surgery and medicine, using uh, osteopathic techniques alongside allopathic techniques, being able to incorporate homeopathy and gemstone therapy with our regular practice. And I really see this developing. In, in other parts of the world, it's already a reality. It's not mm-hmm. the future. It's here. Um, and in the U.S., you know, our medical system is not really as well thought out as in other countries. And I think Reiki can be a great proactive tool for us to use. Instead of using it to treat symptoms that have already come, we can use it to stay healthy. 
Um, if we look at the history of Reiki, uh, Reiki was actually taught to naval officers in Japan so they could in turn teach Reiki to the people aboard their ships so they could have less medical equipment, less waste, less space being taken up on their ships. And that was the Japanese Navy. So mm. surely the rest of us, almost a century later, can catch on and do the very same thing. Mm. Well, certainly you're on a mission. And I, I want to thank you for, first of all, bringing this to the forefront. And really, I know you're going to be traveling and getting the word out. Um, one last question for today, which is this. You know, there's so much that you've seen, so much that you're, you, you know, that you're envisioning. You're a visionary for sure. But what's the personal message? What would you like folks to know most as they engage in their own healing journeys? I think we could boil it down to this. You've got all the tools you need inside you. We just have to learn how to surrender and use them. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Nicholas. Again, website and thank you. Much love to you and for all you do. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I look forward to the next time. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Website one more time for us. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my website is theluminouspearl.com. And you can also check out my publisher's website, which is innertraditions.com. I love it. I love it. Nicholas Pearson, everyone. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more of the Dr. Pat Show Live and Transformation Talk Radio and Benny, too. The audio was via a Skype call.